Welcome to Employing Differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals. I'm Karen Gimnig. And I'm Paul Tevis. Each episode, we start with a question and see where it takes us. This week's question is, what gets in the way of being intentional? One of the things we've talked about a number of times on the show is the value of being intentional about what it is that we're actually trying to do, being clear about the purpose that we're trying to achieve with our actions, and then making sure that our actions are actually aligned with that purpose, that there's congruence between what it is that we say we want and how we are actually behaving. Um, and one of the reasons why we end up talking about on the show a fair amount is because that often doesn't happen. And so we wanted to uh, talk a little bit today about what gets in the way of that, why it is that we don't just automatically do the things that are aligned with our intention. Uh, what is it that prevents us from just doing that all the time? Uh, and that may give us a little bit of insight into what we can do so that we can have a little bit more alignment between our actions and our intentions um, when we are able to, uh, to notice that they're coming out of alignment. So we want to explore that idea here today of really what gets in our way of being intentional. Mm -hmm. So I think one frame we can put around this is that there are at least two sets of reasons, but one might be sort of internal things, things that are happening within me that I'm choosing, that I'm bringing to any given situation. And then another set of things that are sort of external or environmental things happening around me that get in the way of my being intentional. So I thought maybe we'd start with the internal stuff. And I think one of the big ones is that we don't really think through it. We don't, you know, for whatever reason, we're, we're busy lives, we've got things going on, but we don't pause and say, okay, what is my intention? And this is a common practice with coaches and various you know, therapists will say, so what, what is your intention for the next hour? What is your intention for this meeting? What is your intention, how you wanna show up, how you wanna be seen, what you'd like to accomplish? Pausing to think about that. Um, and I think, particularly thinking about it around objectives, meaning what's the thing I'd like to accomplish, and also values. What are the values that I hold? What are the things that are most important to me? Um, I, I work in groups where pretty reliably the most important thing is the relationships they're trying to build with each other because that they're, they're wanting to be in community. And so while they're trying to get a bunch of other work done that's about other things, if they don't pause and say, well, the thing I value most in this space is the relationships that I have with the other people I'm in it with, they can easily do things that harm the relationships in favor of something else that's also useful, but not actually the highest value. And in work environments, that may still be the case because we rely heavily on relationships in our work environments, or it may be that for whatever reason, that's not your highest priority. And your highest priority is getting this particular product launched or some other piece. But wh what are the values that I hold around any number of things? And pausing now and again to say, okay, so how do those values line up with what I'm doing, with what my intentions are minute to minute, day to day, hour to hour? Um, but just getting my own internal thinking aligned with what I really want my life to be about and what I want my life to mean. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, certainly one of the things that gets in the way of our being intentional is when we don't have a habit of doing those pauses, of bringing our intentions to mind. Uh, and and so if we haven't developed that practice, uh, we, we don't do it. Like we just don't bring our, our intentions and our purpose and our values uh, to our conscious mind, because that's what it actually requires is being conscious of them. And as it turns out, there's actually um, good neuroscience explanation for why we don't do that, which is it takes a lot of cognitive energy. Um, what you're doing there is you're actually uh, moving out of your sort of automatic, your instinctual, your well-worn habits, your patterns part of your brain, which is a uh, very low energy usage. Um, our brains optimize for those kinds of things that we do over and over and over again. Um, and instead, we're actually having to go into that very thinky, the cognitive, the prefrontal cortex part of our brain to go, wait, I need to think abstractly about this for a minute. What's the what's this conceptual thing that I'm trying to do? Okay, what are the actions that would actually line up with it? Like, that's actually difficult cognitive work. We have to bring that into consciousness. And that actually takes a lot of energy in our brains. Like our, our, our brains are going to suck up a lot of glucose when we start to do that. So it actually makes sense why we don't do that more often. Uh, it's an energy saving uh, device uh, that, our, that our, our neuroscience um, sort of has put into place. Uh, but that also points to a thing we can sort of do about, which is that if we create a pattern or a habit of doing that, then it actually becomes easier to fall into because now we're actually relying on that habit following, that pattern following structure in our brain to get us to the point of saying, so what is it we're trying to accomplish here? What is it that we want to have, uh, have, have happen here? And so uh, understanding why our brain doesn't naturally do it actually gives us an idea of how we can get our brain to help us to do it. Yeah. And I think that concept of automaticity in the brain and patterns is useful in another way, which is one of the things we bring with us into an environment that can get in the way of our intention is a lot of patterns, a lot of habits, a lot of automatic kinds of behaviors. And here I'm talking about the stuff of our culture, the stuff that we learned probably before we had language. This is that early childhood modeling or maybe years of practice in the corporate world or whatever. But over our lifetime, we've developed habits that are the norms of the culture we're in. And unfortunately, a fair bit of the time for me at least, the norms of the culture that I'm in are actually not the aligned with really my values. Um, and it and it, we don't even notice them because they are automatic because we aren't applying that glucose and energy and prefrontal cortex energy you know or analysis to it you know an example that i think of is a lot of my groups they really want their you know they're building communities and they're building houses and they really like their houses to be affordable and they want you know people of various income levels to be able to move in over the long term and they want their house values to appreciate as much as possible because the mainstream value is around you want your house to appreciate that's how you build wealth that's how you have financial security that that's just a good thing everybody knows it it's you know we've all that's good if your house appreciates but it's actually in direct contradiction to the value of having that community be affordable or accessible to people of lower wealth if, if your house appreciates by definition the next person has to pay more for it and people don't see that disconnect mm -hmm. in, in their thinking. 
because it's so normal. It's so habitual to carry forward, you know, one value that we just, if we don't do the analysis, we don't notice the other value. And so we, I catch myself at that all day long. It's just a natural thing that we bring in certain cultural beliefs and expectations. These are good things. It's all good. And then if you start looking at how does that actually play out and what does it mean and what does it cause, maybe it doesn't align with my values so much. So that patterning of what are we arriving with that we haven't looked at, because why would we? It's just part of the air we breathe, um, is another place that I think we arrive with something that gets in the way of our actual intentions. Mm -hmm. It points to sort of a, a second thing, like we've been talking about how we may not be aware of what our intentions are, right? Of our purpose, of our value, of the thing that we're actually trying to do in this particular moment, because we haven't brought it to mind, because we haven't explicitly discussed it or we talked about it. So we, we may have a lack of awareness of that, but we may also have a lack of awareness of how our behaviors are interacting with that, how we actually are, uh, we are not moving towards that, even if we're aware of it. Right. We say, hey, we want to do this thing. This is our intention. And we may not realize that our actions don't align with it. And so that's the other thing that gets in the way of our being intentional is that's that's our own lack of awareness of how our actions are not aligned with our intentions, even when we know what our intentions are. So if I'm thinking about sort of external stuff that makes it harder to to follow through on our intentions. The first thing that comes up for me is complexity. Because it's not, we, we rarely have just one goal or intention in any given moment. There, there's usually lots of things going on. And in communities and workplaces and the spaces where you know you and I tend to work, there are also lots of people and other people who have different intentions than my intentions and different priorities than I have and all those kinds of things. So. Yeah, you know, the first thing I think that happens is, okay, even if we stop, okay, we're about to go into a meeting and I've gotten clear what my intention is. One of the first things that's likely to hit me right off the bat is the complexity. And so it's not enough to say, I want this thing. I want, I want our home prices to be lower or something like that. You have to be willing and able to weigh that against the five other things that interrelate with that. And, and then in the moment, that really hard cognitive work that we're talking about of being able to say, okay, so I thought I knew what my intention was, and now I've got a bunch of new information and different things pulling on it. Now what's my intention? Like, we don't really get to hold it constant, I think, in some ways. Mm -hmm. And what that really points to is um, we can get knocked off balance. Right. We can we can know what it is that we want to do. We can be very clear about, you know, I want to work to um, maintain positive relationships with the people in this community over the course of this meeting. Like that's really important to me. And so these are the things that I plan on doing and we can have a plan. And then we come in and then then this wave kind of washes over us of all the complexity that we encounter. And we often can't just hold to that plan. So I think part of what that points to is um, we may not have a good idea of how to reestablish our balance, right? Of how to get back to that place of when we notice that uh, if we do have the awareness and we notice that this is our intention and this is how we planned on acting in accordance with that intention. And we now notice that we're not actually acting in accordance with that anymore. 
and we're kind of noticing why, like what's knocked us off, how do we get back to that place, right? What is it that we, that we personally can do to sort of get ourselves back into that place where we can act uh, in, in more alignment with not only with what our intentions are, but what the intentions, because there are multiple ones, of the group are. Like, how can we get to that place of, of sort of congruence, right? Where we're actually um, not just falling back into our old patterns and our old habits, but doing what is actually useful in this situation, um, in this moment. That's kind of, for me, I, I think one of the keys about being intentional is sort of recognizing what's actually happening around us and how we're showing up and making sure that we're actually showing up in a way that is useful um, and that's fit for this situation. Um, and in order to do that, we have to kind of be aware of what's happening externally and internally and try to bring those into alignment. So I think that a lot of what we're pointing to here is, is being able to notice it. And I think one thing we can do in our groups that will help us notice it is being willing to say it. Mm -hmm. To be willing to say, wow, my plan when I got here was, you know, I really had an intention I was going to do this thing. And now I'm seeing that maybe that thing isn't going to work or that thing's going to be harder than I thought, but I still think we should do it. But just sort of being able to speak out loud, this is what's going on for me. And it does a few things. One is it helps us notice it. And it, and it allows us to sort of slow down and think about it by talking about it. But it also lets the people around us get the sense of, oh, there might be a little off balance right now. How do we get realigned? Or maybe it invites them to pause just by the demonstration of it, right? Oh, well, what was going on with my intentions for this? Um, but having a culture where it's okay to say, wow, I thought we were gonna do this. And now it looks like we're gonna do that. And now what? And, and having that sort of moment of confusion or uncertainty or whatever be just part of what we do here. Mm -hmm. Which of course points to one of the big things that gets in the way of being intentional, which is when you don't have a culture that supports that kind of behavior. When it's not safe to say, it seems like what we're trying to do and what it is we're actually doing are not in alignment, or I'm picking up some, some disconnect here. To be able to do um, what I sometimes call rough draft thinking in public, right? It's not that you have to come with the plan of here's how we're going to fix the misalignment. It needs to be okay to actually point out the misalignment. And when you don't have a culture or a process or anything that supports that, when there's no support for that, then it's really, really hard to actually um, get uh, to get back to that place when we do get knocked off. Because we're always gonna like that's really the thing is that, like uh, we should always expect that regardless of what our how good our plan is for how we're going to achieve what it is that we want to achieve something will always come up there are there are things we've talked about this a little bit before that we can predict probably will and so what we want to make sure of um is that we have some idea of how we can recover of how we can get back to it and so uh, assuming that a perfect plan will lead us to a perfect result, I think is, is yet another thing of get, that gets in the way of being intentional. When we don't um, have any way of getting back on track, when, when just due to the complexity 
of the situation that we're dealing with that we we go astray. If we don't have any way, if it's not structurally or culturally supported to get back on track, then that absolutely gets in the way of our being intentional. I think we need to say one more thing about an external thing um, that doesn't have as much to do with meetings. Well, hopefully it doesn't. Um, but there's a good bit in our online life that is designed to pull us away from our intentions. Um, grabbing our eyeballs, distracting us from whatever it was we thought we wanted to do is pretty much what you know, the geniuses behind the internet, that this is what their goal is. And so I think giving ourselves some forgiveness for how effective they are at that, but also just being cautious about, you know, when you get on a social media platform, or for that matter, if you check your email, which, you know, we kind of have to do that, but just noting how much there is in our world today that is actually specifically designed to get in the way of our doing what we intend so that we'll do something else that profits someone more is kind of what it comes down to. Um, there is so much just integrated into our life about that, that just being aware and thoughtful, giving ourselves some grace around it, but also trying to avoid falling into those traps when we can, um, I just think is a huge piece and it seems remiss not to mention that in a conversation about what gets in the way about it being intentional. Yeah. So to track sort of where we've been today, we've talked about sort of both internal and external things that gets in the way of making sure that our actions are aligned with our intentions. Um, one of that, uh, those things is just a lack of awareness of what our intention, what our values, what our purpose in this particular thing is. Um, not bringing it to mind, uh, not having a habit of bringing it to mind, and understanding why our brains uh, don't necessarily want to do that all the time. Um, and then the second thing is a lack of an internal awareness of uh, even when we know what our purpose is and we know what we're trying to accomplish, not recognizing how our actions are not actually aligned with that and having a lack of awareness around that. So those are two things that we've sort of talked about from that internal standpoint. From the external standpoint, one is just the complexity of, of all of the wash of intentions and um, things that I sometimes say, uh, things that are well-intentioned but unskillfully done, uh, all of the things that show up that can that can knock us off our balance, um, that can, again, throw us back into our old patterns and our old habits um, that are familiar and well-worn, but not necessarily fit for this particular situation, um, and not having a culture or a structure that supports pointing out that misalignment and, and not having a cultural habit um, or a group habit of stopping and going, wait, it was it that we're trying to achieve here? How do we get back on track with that? Um, that complexity and the lack of support for dealing with the complexity can get in the way of our being intentional. And finally, there are just things out there that gr try to grab our attention, you know, that we have these obstacles that are put in front of us um, that uh, we can very easily fall into those traps of spending 12 hours because someone is wrong on the internet uh, yelling at them uh, through the keyboard. Um, just again, because they're designed to grab our intention, our attention and pull us away from our intention uh, and giving ourselves a little bit of grace uh, around that to recognize it. But also then 
I think the, the, the habit there of stepping back periodically and going, wait, what is it that I actually came here to do? Why did I open up my email? What is it that I want to be spending my time on? I think the more we personally have the habit of checking in with our intentions, bringing them consciously to mind, and then seeing how our actions align with it, I think that helps us to navigate a lot of even those external things that come up that try to drag us away and that get in the way of our being intentional. I think that's going to do it for us today. Until next time, I'm Karen Gimnick. And I'm Paul Tevis, and this has been Employing Differences.